Support for this podcast comes from Lever, providing a modern take on the applicant tracking system. Lever combines ATS and CRM functionality into a single powerful platform to help you source, nurture and manage your candidates all in one place. What's more, Lever's deceptively simple interface means that hiring managers and applicants love it too. To find out how Lever can help you both accelerate and humanise hiring, visit www.lever.co slash recruit. That's www.lever.co slash recruit. And Lever is spelt L-E-V-E-R. Lever, where ATS meets CRM. There's been more of scientific discovery more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi everyone, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 61 of the Recruiting Future podcast. I realised recently that in 60 episodes of this podcast, we've had virtually no discussion on the topic of applicant tracking systems. I'm very keen to rectify this. Firstly, because ATSs are crucial to so many employers. And secondly, because there's been a lot of recent innovation in the ATS space. My guest this week is Jess Hayes, talent manager and HR lead for Lost My Name. Jess has worked with a number of different types of ATS in her career, and I wanted to get her views on what employers should be doing to get the most out of their software. Hi, Jess, and welcome to the podcast. Hi, Matt. So could you introduce yourself and tell us a bit about you, what you do, and the company you work for? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So my name's Jess Hayes. I am currently heading up technical talent and uh, all of HR here at Lost My Name in London. Um, Lost My Name is a personalised gift slash children's books publishing company, technically. Um, It's a bit difficult to explain what we do. Basically, we make very, very personalised children's products um, with a full stack dev team behind them. Um, So we've been running here since about 2012, and I fairly recently joined the team in April. Prior to that, I was working at another London-based startup called Yieldify. Uh, Before that, a company called Box, which is a US-based SaaS company, uh, and other kind of roles in my history have been Goldman Sachs and BHP Billiton. Cool. Okay. So, um, you know, so very much sort of focused on, on tech recruitment. What, what kind of, what kind of recruitment challenges are you, are you, are you facing at the moment? Um, so I think the biggest thing for us is kind of almost a unique challenge in some respects. It's that, um, the offering that we have for marketing and design, um, is, is very clear. And I think, People kind of see our product and instantly want to work for it from that perspective. Um, but for engineers, that that path is a lot more foggy. And I think even up until sometimes interview stage, um, our engineering talent can be a bit confused about what exactly they would be doing in a, in a book company. Um, so that's kind of a unique problem with, for us. And we have to kind of get their attention sometimes in kind of novelty ways um, so that they actually do end up reading our job descriptions and understanding how they kind of fit into this big technical puzzle that we have um, developing this platform that kind of creates our products. Um, so that's a really big one for us. Yeah, no, that's cool. No, I, I was good. I think you kind of answered it there, but I was, I had to ask the question, um, how does a developer fit into a children's book <laughs> company? Absolutely. Um, 
We are incredibly proud of the books we create, but what we're really creating behind that as a business is actually the platform that we use um, in order to manufacture these physical products. Um, and basically what that platform is, is um, first of all, the e-commerce platform, which is something that we can all see just by going to the website. Um, but then when you actually interact with um, the rendering um, engine that we've created, um, the real-time kind of displays, the graphics, um, and also the, all the code that speaks to the back end of print houses around the world that distribute our book, print and distribute our books, as well as um, uh, the code that um, kind of develop, uh, how I explain this, the code that registers the algorithm that figures out essentially where you live based on the print house, how long it's going to take to ship that. Um, so there's a lot of logistics behind the scenes, and that's kind of what the engineering team is building, basically the, the very, very powerful platform to create almost any kind of personalized printed product. Um in a kind of beautiful way that it's the front end to a consumer is um, very sleek um, and, you know, very, very fast um, and very efficient. Yeah, no, I've seen the, uh, I've seen the product actually. And it's, uh, it's absolutely, um, absolutely beautiful. And what, you know, what you do is very, 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 very cool. And I'm sure that, um, you know, there are some sort of uh, big sort of tech challenges behind that. Um, what we're sort of talking about um, on, on this episode is uh, ATSs. And um, it's really funny because I, I look back through the 58 episodes of this podcast that I've done um, and very, very little discussion um, about ATSs uh, so far. So I kind of wanted to sort of rectify that. And I I wanted to sort of get your opinion on, um, you know, what, what is a, what is a, ATS what is an ATS for um, why have you implemented one in your organization um, and and how do you think across the sort of roles that you've had um, the role of the ATS is changing yeah absolutely so the first question is what do I think an ATS is for um, I think for me because I kind of came from a very traditional uh, big company HR corporate background for me a huge part of it is about <laughs> boring stuff like compliance, um, boring stuff like reporting, um, and all of the kind of nitty-gritty of making sure that you're doing a really good job efficiently. Um, I think for me, that's a very big piece. I really like um, being able to see the data in a great way. I like having a system of state that can kind of assist big teams and hiring managers working collaboratively. Um, having this kind of centralized uh, point is, for me, a big win. I know for a lot of people as well, um, and I think definitely me to an extent, but not, my, not what I see that the most integral part of the ATS is um, kind of just to make life easier, um, to be able to build things like workflows in, um, to be able to have kind of a centralized point where um, interviews can be run almost without any assistance from the internal talent team and hiring managers kind of know what path it is to go on and um, that kind of thing. So it's a, it's a simplicity kind of thing, I think, for a lot of people as well, just being able to have that structured center point. So the first ATS um, I used was at BHP um, back in Australia. It's, a, it's a, a small, I guess, program called Page Up People. Um, I have never seen it since or heard of anyone else that's using it. But that was the, the first kind of time I ever had a system that, for me, I was kind of really excited about to a certain level. It just made my, my job a lot easier. And I was like a grad recruiter at that point. So um, kind of anything that bones I was being thrown from the – thrown from the business was helpful. Um, but I really liked that I could kind of, you know, see um, the individuals that were being um, put through the process. Um, I could see, like, everything with their profile. I could email them easily. Kind of 
just made my life like a little bit less administrative burden back then. Um, I guess in, in retrospect now, it was a terrible, not terrible, but it definitely wasn't slick. It was also about seven years ago. So that probably makes a big change in the technology. Um, but I really, really liked it and I was really glad to have it. Um, and I could remember my manager at that point having a big argument trying to get the budget to implement this ATS as well. So um, I'm, gl- I'm very glad that she ended up winning that argument and implementing it into the team. Um, and then I, uh, I moved to London. I started as a consultant recruiter in a team that had no ATS. And they didn't have any budget to implement it. So I was basically running some kind of shoddy shambles ATS from an Excel spreadsheet, which was just a nightmare, um, before I moved to Goldman Sachs. And Goldman did this really, I think, crazy thing. They decided to try and build an in-house, like build their own ATS with their engineering team in-house. Um, like that decision definitely didn't play to Goldman's strengths. I don't really know what they thought was going to come from that. I think it's something about compliance, but um, they ended up building two separate tracking systems, one especially for graduates and one especially for lateral hires which that didn't speak to each other at all. And it was actually more of a pain to use the tracking system than it was to just not. Um, it was so clunky, uh, really difficult to put people in into the system, difficult to communicate with them. So the majority of the time, I think, we're basically putting people into the system just so they can offer them. Um, but before that, they were never in the tracking system. So our reporting was super manual. Just had so much man hours and extra work and extra administrative debt on top of what already is quite an administrative kind of role if you're working in HR and, and talent. Um, so I was, you know, incredibly and kind of disappointed with that system. Um, and then I started working for Box and I got lever for the first time. And just like... The, the change between a kind of an Excel spreadsheet or an in-house built, clunky, old school, kind of almost MS-DOS type system to what is now, I think, a very modern um, SaaS platform, basically, that you can use to manage talent was just like, it was worlds apart. It, it completely revolutionized, you know, the amount of time it took for me to do things. I was so happy when I first started using Lever um, just because I saw within the space of, you know, three days of starting the new business how different the new school of applicant tracking system is to anything else that I'd ever really had the opportunity to use, I suppose. Um, and then since then, I've, I've used a couple of the competitors. I've used Greenhouse, for example, um, Workable, um, and I just don't – I don't mind them. I think they're definitely in the, in the new school, but I don't think they're as user-friendly and as kind of schmick. But um, that, that change has been so dramatic yeah absolutely i mean it's um it's interesting to see these um uh the the sort of new breed of tools um you know coming along and addressing certainly addressing some of the um user experience problems of the um of the past um just just before we sort of talk about that in a bit more in a bit more detail um uh, you know as someone who's worked for um a, you know a large organization on some of the more traditional ATSs, um do you think that part of the problem might be um, the level of expectation that people have of their ATS in terms of what it's supposed to do, because you've you've very much spoken about um, you know the ATS being something that can help you run the recruitment process, um, but more and more there you know there's a candidate facing element to them. Um, you know they're being asked to kind of work harder and harder as um, you know digital recruitment methodologies develop. Do, do you think people have unreal expectations, unrealistic expectations of the software or do you think the software should be developing um to you know meet the the new demands of the industry uh i think the the latter um i don't think you can really have unrealistic expectations of a piece of software 
um, as long as there's a really you know solid engineering team and a solid company building a piece of software, I think it's ridiculous to say that you know they have they should have a limit of functionality. Um, that's good. Um, I think the expectations are there because it's something that's really badly needed in the industry. Um, and I think kind of a space in software that hasn't been fully explored yet. And I think just now, like with kind of Lever and Greenhouse, for example, coming to kind of the, the peak, I guess, at the moment right now, the beginning of a couple of years of them um, being formed or being worked on, um, we will start to see a lot of changes very, very rapidly in the same way we did with like CRM systems um, kind of recently. And that's just as it's an expectation. It's the way that we, we do work now. And we need that software to have really, really multifunctional um, capacity. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that makes, I think that makes perfect sense. And I think that there's a, there's just an interesting sort of dynamic between, you know, some of the, some of the legacy systems and um, some of the, um, the, the, the newer things that, that are on the market. Um, sort of moving, moving on to sort of talk about, you know, leather and greenhouse and, and workable and the, um, you know, this whole sort of emerging generation of um, ATSs. What, what, do, what else do they do? Do you think that's different from, um, the ATSs you've worked with in the past. I mean, how do they fit into things like, um, you know, sourcing or other aspects of other aspects of your job? Absolutely. Well, I think that the concept of integration, integrating with things like Slack, integrating with LinkedIn Recruiter, integrating with uh, Connectifier and Intello, whatever sourcing tools you use, um, is one of my favourite things that comes with you know a modern ATS. Um, it just limits all that, again, the administrative burden, but also um, make sure that you can accurately track very easily what tools you're using that are successful, uh, what tools you're using that you're getting you know, a large amount of sourcing from, which tools are you underutilizing. Um, it gives you just a, a much clearer picture of kind of how you're doing work. Um, I also really like that um, Lever's starting it now with Lever, Lever Nurture, which is you know integrating workflows into the process as well, um, which again takes a lot of the the kind of administrative time out of a recruiter's life where they can spend more time doing what I think recruiters really should be doing, which is spending face time with individual people rather than spending face time with a piece of software. Um, so if those workflows can be created kind of seamlessly, then that takes um, takes the piece of software to a whole new level. Yeah, and I think that um, that that sort of nicely sets up the 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 next thing that I wanted to talk about, really, which was um, uh, one of the things that I hear from um, some ATS providers sometimes is to um, is to kind of blame the recruiters for not using their system properly or having um, you know not kind of um, setting things up in the way that they um, the way that they should. Do you think that's a, do you think that's a valid criticism? Do you think um, recruiters have a kind of an equal role to play in um, getting 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 these systems and processes configured properly so i don't want to throw everyone under the bus but yes i mean i'm a stickler for the system and i've worked with a lot of people before that don't like having like don't like changing their processes and using them but in the end it benefits everybody um but i think also part of that is i mean if you haven't got somebody in your team that's integrated i've uh, integrated implemented one of these newer systems with all these crazy cross functionalities before um, and it has experience working with things like external tools to your ATS, it, I think it is really difficult to conceptualize what you can do with a piece of software that you've only seen a legacy version of. Um, I think if you were to give, you know, my old manager at BHP four years ago, Lever, 
we would have been using it to 12% of its capacity. It just wouldn't have been used probably because we just didn't know what we could do with it because no one had ever said, hey, now like, you're, you can do all these crazy things with this piece of software now. Um, so I think part of it is just lack of knowledge and lack of experience ever having used you know, all this kind of new stuff if you've been working with legacy systems before. Um, and part of it as well, I think, is just kind of a little bit of change resistance and not really wanting to be so reliant on a piece of software or, or be so integrated with uh, a system and a metric and reporting and um, all that kind of stuff. But in the end, you need to be. And it's just, I mean, I don't really take excuses in that respect. You, you have to run things through the system or not at all, basically. And so uh, what would your advice be to someone who is either um, putting an ATS in for the first time, so they could be a startup, or equally, um, you know, I've seen some very established um, uh, 500 people businesses who don't use recruitment uh, software. So um, uh, people who are putting something in for the first time or someone who's moving from um, um, one of the more traditional systems to, uh, to one of these newer systems, what would your, what would your advice be to them in, in, in terms of how they might do that do that brilliantly i think the first thing is always listen to your implementation consultant um in the end they are the expert and if they say i think that's a silly idea i can almost say with 99 percent accuracy that it's probably not going to work or it's going to be a silly idea um just as much as if they say things like i know this might take extra time but you should do this um you should do that as well because in the end that's probably going to save you time and money um so yeah always listen to your implementation consultant they are the expert in their field and also um, feedback, suggest changes, suggest, you know, new ways to do things, ask questions that, you know, maybe, I don't know if we can do this, but how could we, um, and those kinds of things. Because in the end, especially companies like Lever, um, that still very much is kind of in this launch, iterate, launch, iterate process, um, they do take that feedback on, on board. And the more people that open their mouths and ask the question, um, especially during the implementation phase, the more likely those changes um, and upgrades will happen. Um, so you really can be involved in the creation of this piece of software just as much as you are involved as just using it. Okay. Um, and uh, sort of final question, where where do you think this is kind of going in the future? We've obviously seen a, um, a, a sort of big leap forward in terms of um, the new breed of ATS for the companies that can um, the companies that can use them. Um, what's next? What what kind of sort of features and, and technology are you looking forward to that's going to really sort of help you over the next um, few years? Yeah, absolutely. I think. Um like I mentioned before, Lever Nurture and, and more complicated and complex workflows um, and automated workflows is going to be a huge, huge one, um, which takes a lot of the, the fat out of the sourcing process through to, you know, interviewing and beyond. Um, and I also think uh, integration with HRIS systems and working to kind of smooth out the onboarding experience um, I think that is a big space in talent that's kind of being either ignored or not very many companies are doing particularly well. Um, I can't really think of a single place or team I've ever joined where the onboarding experience really successfully used the data that they gathered during the interviewing process and brought that into the first couple of months of someone's, someone's employment. And I think there definitely could be some kind of system overlap with the ATS and the HRIS um, to make that a better part of what we do. Jess, thank you very much for talking to me. No problem. It's been such a pleasure. My thanks to Jess Hayes. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or via your podcasting app of choice. Just search for Recruiting Future. 
You can also find all the past episodes at www.rfpodcast.com. On that site, you can also subscribe to the mailing list and find out more about working with me. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next week and I hope you'll join me. This is my show.